Reactive Attachment Disorder Podcast for Parents and Therapists. Real talk, real time, real issues with Tracy and Jen. Hi, I'm Tracy Turner-Kaiser with Full Circle Family Counseling. I have worked with reactive attachment disorder children and their families for over 25 years. Jen Stadler here is a mother with six children and is an amazing woman who is willing to help me out to give voice to what it's like to live and work with a child with reactive attachment disorder. Together, we are interested in educating, equipping, and encouraging and empowering you as a parent with a child with reactive attachment disorder, or if you're a therapist that discovers that you have a child in your office that is not responding well to traditional therapy. Welcome, and we look forward to your feedback. kids come in sometimes or they want to go out and explore and if we have our own trauma history mm-hmm. or we had issues with letting go right. um, it's hard to let kids kind of go out yes. on that week and then also welcome them back in so mm-hmm. if we had issues and maybe we weren't able to bring love to our parents yeah. or we weren't able to bring joy to our parents mm-hmm. how do we welcome kids who are already struggling with trauma how do we welcome them back in because by the end of the day right sometimes we're worn out but it's uh we don't want to miscue them to go back the other direction right. we want to make right. sure that we're still having our hands open, our arms and our hearts open for our kids to come back in. Yes. Yeah. And that, and that is a lot about self-care and being able to do your own therapy because our kids are going to show us our weakest links and our strongest link. Um, biological, adopted, blended, grandkids, any you know, t- kids you're yeah. teaching, any kids going to show us our weakest link right? and our strongest strength. So, um, so it's just important to take care of yourself and, and, uh, and take time to, take a breath you know and to know okay you know what's going to have a huge impact in the next year to five years of their life and what and if it's going to have a huge impact in the next 24 48 hours you probably could let it slide right (laughs) so you you can go with it yeah i felt guilty wanting to take breaks you know i think society kind of even churches sometimes will say like you know, if you have one hand open and one hand out, you know, you should be able to receive and kind of let, you know, like almost this false thought of like, well, if you love enough, again, like we talked about that, if you are Christian enough, if you are this enough, if you believe enough, if you love them better, you know, all of these things, um, then, then you don't necessarily need rest. And that's, um, it's not true. Not true. (laughs) It's not true. And, and you definitely need rest. So, um, you know, therapists, mothers, parents, children, everybody needs a rest. And that's critically yeah. important because I think you're right. Our society has so much given us the message that it's go, 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 go. It's like, you know, you have, if, you, if you're weak, if you're not like doing all the time. And sometimes I think, especially for these children in their brains, what they need is they just need that quietness of just being, which brings us to another topic of being able to kind yes. of... Sleep. No videos, no no screen time, no computer time, yes. right? And the importance of really being able to just have that downtime where your nervous system can have that restorative state of being so you can come back to remembering who you are and what your purpose is, which is simply to be the beautiful being that you are and that you all you are all that all you are is love, no matter what's yeah. happened to you. You know, it's and not I think because you've been a bad person. 
Right? Yeah. I think as parents, like we need to be so aware of that because just being with somebody has become increasingly difficult, right. I feel. Yes. Um, that is a good point. So uh, whether it's like I have friends that complain they go out to dinner with somebody else and they're like, you're so intentional in our conversation. The only day I went out to dinner with last week was on our phone the whole time. Right. And I just kind of chuckled like, what has happened to our community? Yeah, you right. know, that we are so, but we take that same mentality because our brains are our brains as adults. Mm-hmm. Or we're always on the phone. We're always on the computer. We're always doing this. And so our brains are like, going a hundred miles an hour. And so to go and lay with our children after mm-hmm. we're tired at the end yeah. of the day to cuddle, to pray, to do what you do as a family, it's, we have to be conscious to be intentional right. with our kids. Yeah. And so our brain can relax with theirs yeah. um, and not feel like, well, I need to be doing this or I need to be doing yeah. that. Or, you know, I had a friend the other day, she's like, you know, it's so interesting when I've watched you with your littles that you actually can sit and play with them. Right, right. Doesn't, doesn't everybody do that, right. you know? And that's a huge concept, Jen, because many parents don't don't know how to play with their children and they don't know how, and what you were just talking about, just lying down and resting with them, that's attunement. It, absolutely. Right, yeah. and that's critical to be able just to breathe together. Like yes. nothing else needs to happen. And yes. children will eat that up. They may not be used to it initially, but yeah. once they get old, once their nervous system gets to kind of trust that, oh, this is what's going to happen, mm-hmm. they love it. They eat it up. I think that's why children love being with their grandparents because the grandparents just are kind of forced to move slower, you know, because we just right. have it's like, we're just moving slower. <laughs> and, you know, they, and, you know, you see kids just sit up and snuggle and they're just like sitting on the porch, just hanging out. And that's how we've lost that community in many ways. Like, so yeah. you have your grandchildren close yeah. by and I love that, but yeah. not everybody does. Right. And so we have to make sure our kids are getting that in other ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're surrounded by a healthy community so that they're getting that quiet time. They're right. getting that, um, that just the being with mm-hmm. um, their family. Um, I just feel like that's really important. It is very important. And it's, and that's particularly important once they have that secure attachment and sense of trust and safety and, and, yeah. and, and uh, security with their primary caretakers, which is typically mom and dad. Yeah. Um, and right. then they can expand out because that's how it works. You know, right. first it's all about mom and then dad gets to be invited into the picture and then the grandparents right. and the community and so forth. So, right. yeah. So it's good stuff. Yes. What else? I feel like I have never ending things. It kind of goes with the whole like attachment cycle right. that we were talking about. Yeah. This is something that I had to walk through with, um, is that sometimes when we're on that cycle that goes out, when we miscue our kids, that means usually that we're protecting ourselves um, from further pain by overriding your child's needs. So we're limiting or avoiding. Mm -hmm. And so for for me, because I couldn't bring some of these feelings to my parents necessarily or to other people, when our kids come home with these big feelings, you send them back out because you are uncomfortable. Right, right. Does that make sense? Yeah, they just learn, you know, through um through talking um and just kind of doing some some reading is that oh my goodness, like my job is to making sure that I'm allowing them to come in even after the long day. Right. right. You know, I think something that you say is, you know, you're still my child. I still love you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have to think that in my brain, you know, like kids who are seeking attention are really seeking connection 
Right, exactly. They want our love. They want underneath all of, mm-hmm. all of the extra, they want right. our affection. Yeah. They want our love. It's just teaching not only your brain how to give it, but, um, but teaching their brain how to receive right. it. Or also, I think you bring up a good point to also remember that um, that we're not rewarding our kids by giving them attention. You know, it's like yeah. sometimes like, well, they just did a bad thing. I don't want to give them any attention for it. It's like, I was stuck in that. Yeah. I remember I having was stuck in that. So it's really about like, so if you can put their behavior aside and just attune and meet their emotional needs, you can always come back to the behavior. That's right. where the consequence comes in. You can kind of like, they have this. And, and like you said, I think it's really important to kind of see it as a backwards compliment when you're, our kids are acting out and they're just rallying. They're really looking for attention and they want it from us. They want it from you. They want it from you as mom. Um, right. So it's like mom, 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 or it's like, you know, peel the paint off the wall type of thing. <laughs> and, and so it's hard to like, to go in and give them attention when they're doing something so negative because you feel like, well, the punishment would be isolation. Punishment, punishment, or rather, I don't like the word punishment as much as consequence, consequence of of, of a timeout is useful for a child who has a sense of object constancy and permanency that, oh, mom loves me no matter what. So right. my separation from mom is going to make me want to reach out to her more. Right. For these kids, separation is out of sight, out of mind. They're like, well, they're gone. So I'm just going to go ahead and continue to peel the paint off the wall. So being able to interact with them and meet their emotional needs of, I see you, right. I see what you're doing. And like I said, you're still my kid. I'm still your mom. I still love you. Not crazy about what you're doing, but you're still, I still, you know, still think you're a great kid. You can choose to do that, choose not to do that. wonder how it's going to work out for you. That kind of frame of interaction gives a child a, a space of going, oh, I have a solid foundation of being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you as a parent gets to go, oh, I have a solid, relation, solid foundation of being in a relationship with this child. We may not like each other right now. We may not be happy with what we're doing. But there is a level of, oh, there's still a connection. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times with biological children or children that we've had the opportunity to raise um, or have that sense of secure attachment, you know, that just comes, that's automatic. But for a lot of kids with insecure attachment cycles, that, that's not there. And then right. they're going to rage more. So, and also just remember for parents, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's a piece I think it's really hard. When you begin any of these interventions, it's going to get worse before it gets better mm-hmm. because you're changing the routine, you're changing yeah. patterns, you're reorganizing things. And all of us are creatures of habit, good ha- habits or bad habits. And we don't like change. Right. And it's in- because it makes us feel insecure. It right. makes us feel like, oh, I'm not sure I can trust this. So they're going to rile up a little bit. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, it's kind of like what I call shepherd training 101, right? It's like sit, stay, and come, and they're going to be the first things we want to teach our children so that we can give them a foundational base of security, trust, and safety. Yeah, I love what you said about, like, timeouts or sending them away because, like, in our adopted children, we've talked about you're almost reaffirming that sense of abandonment. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, And so just being aware that our kids need us to connect with them in a way that brings them in yeah um, and it's, and so as long as it's on mom or as long as it's on the parents terms right and that connection is good it's like we don't we want to be responding to our children and having our children respond to us versus us reacting to them and then them like you know wreaking havoc on our reaction that's yeah. when it gets out of control so um, I think almost anything's a go as long as we're in, as we, whoever we is, as the, the primary caretaker is in charge of 
instilling that sense of, hey, I've got this, not a problem, you know, don't worry, you know, take yeah. your time. Yeah. It's going to be good. How do you feel about um, like our kids that have a hard time with setting those limits of love for people outside of our family? So, so like, like engaging, like charming engagement with everybody else. Yeah, charming engagement with everybody else. <laughs> Except for what you talk to us a little bit about that. I think um, almost all of my adoptive friends can say, oh, I think I've experienced that. Yeah, yeah. When we have a, a secure attachment with our children, we see that they don't usually wander off too far or they're watching us and that we're their kind yeah. of safe base. Right. But what happens when we have um, children, when we bring them home and they don't have that yet, and then they're latching on to everybody they know and mm. climbing up on their laps and I'm so cute and look right. at me and I love you and look at your beautiful face. You're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get in the car after, you know, your activity and all of a sudden you have raging children in the back and you're like, what right. just happened? Right. What right. just happened to this? Yeah. Loving child that was loving everybody else, right? Exactly. That's like, that's the first secure sign that any therapist should see that that's a child with an attachment disorder, right? It's like, oh, they're very charming. And you kind of go, there's nothing wrong with this kid. Must be the mom. That's a really yeah, big That's exactly flag. what happened. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mom must be really crazy. We might need to take this kid away from mom because boy, this kid's really charming. That's yeah. a really big red flag, especially if the mom has other kids and the other kids are, are just perfectly fine. Right. <laughs> um, and that, I think that's understanding the, the, where the, this, the attachment cycle has gotten disrupted and their mm -hmm. sense of security and safety has, has been dis disrupted. So they yeah. have an attachment onto themselves. So they're like, I can only trust myself mm -hmm. and I am going to be hypervigilant and scan around and see who I can charm to get yeah. what I need, which yeah. might be food, comfort, yeah. attention, yeah. and they're very good at it. And mm -hmm. that's a huge, amazing survival skill. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to their primary caretaker of the person that's going to set limits and give them, give them a sense of recognizing that you're in relationship and a reciprocal relationship is not always being in charge, but being able to give and take right. that when, when, they begin to recognize that that's what they're locked into, it scares them because yeah. there's going to be something expected of them and they're not sure what to make of that. Right. Um, they're not sure what to expect back. So they don't yeah. have that trust. Um, as long as they can be charming and be in charge of it, then they're okay with it. And that's a, that's a really difficult piece as a mom. Yeah, Because you're reaching out for help. Yeah. And we've had friends that have like even struggled this with, with other therapists and we've mm -hmm. talked about this in the past where our kids walk in and they can be very charming and everything's great or it's hard as a mom when you are going to church or you're going to school or you're going to these social activities and then you know you're seeing these behaviors at home and right. then you try to tell somebody else and you're just like you know I'm kind of struggling with this and they're like I don't know what you're talking about right right like your kids are so sweet like I don't understand and then it almost becomes a judgment on the adoptive mom right or and you so we're already getting the brunt from our kids right, right. of this right. anger yeah and so then to not be able to have a community because they don't get it either yeah uh, it makes parenting difficult and it does I think it's an area not just parents need to be trained in but then also um, some therapists right definitely through therapists and school teachers and so forth to recognize that it's really important to recognize that the the primary relationship is with mom first and if that's not secure and safe and strong then 
their interactions with you as a therapist or as a teacher or as a friend or whatever is you have to kind of redirect them. Hey, I think your mom's calling you. Oh, look, yeah. I think, you know, to be able to redirect them so that you're, you're really sending, you're re- turning the kid around and kind of going, no, your primary attachment is with this person and they're good. They're safe. They're a great person. Yeah. You're going to, you know, so lucky, so lucky for you to be, have that as a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for, I think when the moms get that support too, it just is a relief because you're not feeling like, hey, I'm something's wrong with me. I must be going crazy because everybody thinks my kid's charming, right. and yet somehow I'm not feeling. I'm feeling this disconnect with them. So you start to kind of feel a little bit unheard. I think right, yeah. And so then you kind of withdraw, and then you don't feel like you have support or a community. And the only community you can really reach out to is your adoption community because they're the only ones that understand right what you're going through. Yeah. Um, and so how do you think that, um, or in your experience, what is the best way to kind of educate people outside of our adoptive homes? I love what you said about, um, you know, helping them rephrase that. Like, mm-hmm. I see that you want to hug mommy's right over there. Or uh, I love that our kids as teachers are always backing us up. So yeah. mommy said, that's not good. So we're not going to do that here either. Or, you know, so I think I just, it's so important. I think um, some people feel like, oh, I have these sweet little children that want to love me. And right. so it's almost like a personal for them. If you're like, that's not really good for you to pick up my kids right now. Right. Right. That's not really good for you to feed my kids right now. Um, especially when they first come home. So like right. we need to make sure that they have that secure base before yeah. we're meeting any of these, yeah. the children's needs, hugs, kisses, right. I love yous. Mm-hmm. Things. Um, do you have any tips on? Well, I think it's been going kind of going back to that the cycle of the attachment cycle and really understanding the importance of that foundation of having that secure attachment with with mom, yeah, whatever mom might be. Um, and and once people understand, like, oh, that like that's the secure foundation for trust and security and safety. Then and then if they if they can get the support of and the reward of reinforcing that for the child then it, they I think they feel like they feel like they have a role like you so said like you can sort of say could you team up with me as the mom and help me out mm-hmm. right so well, we, as a community we're going to help this child to create this sense of security and safety and attachment with myself so that they can have a, a healthy relationship with you but yeah. it has to take place so if you could team up with me and help me out and this is how you can help me out by saying hey so glad you want hugs and kisses let's go find your mom Let's yeah. go, mom's right there or hey mom look you know miss you know joey wants a kiss yeah. um and then and and then there are times when mom's like i don't want to kiss joey right because <laughs> he just like you know like peeled my paint off my walls and like you know deliberately slapped me yeah. so sometimes that's gonna be really hard and then the other person's like well wait a minute but right. i think if that's when then that's when that person's job is to love mom up yeah Kind of go oh i can see and then so if mom kind of snarls when the person says oh well hey mom joey wants a kiss and mom's kind of like mm, i don't really want to give joey a kiss right now mm-hmm. then it's that person's job they can be the support by saying oh, joey wow wonder what you did to make mom so much not want to give you a hug right now looks like mom needs a hug i'm going to give mom a hug and then they love up on mom that way mom gets filled up because at this point mom's exhausted and tired mm-hmm. and frustrated with this child yeah. So that's, I think, how we can educate our, our, our community of extended family and church members and, and school members to be able to, kind of, how can they support us the best 
and being able to love this child so this child can become a healthy person in society. And I think they want to, they just don't know how. And it's an effort, like, please don't take it personal when we're trying to, you know, because at the end of the day, our best interest is in our kids and what that looks like for them to grow. What does that look like for them to be, have that secure attachment and for them to be healthy adults? And I think what they have the best intentions and the biggest hearts. I think what you don't, what they don't realize is that you're actually hindering Right, right. Especially when, exactly, and especially when they're interacting with the child versus the parent, right? It's being able to recognize that that the the parent needs some support too. So it's being able to direct the child back to the parent, and if the parent is not receptive at that point for whatever reasons, because the child's just been miserable to be around, then Mm -hmm. that person can then support the mom. And that person can be the dad too, or the spouse, right, to kind of go, well, I don't understand. He seems so fine when I come home. Must be, you know. That's way where the spouse can hug up on the mom and kind of go, wow, sweetie, you must have just had a really rough day. You know, yeah. hey, Jory, why don't you go ahead and do some strong sitting while I give Lifeful Mom's Love Tank up here. And I'll tell you what, I'll check in with you afterwards and you can let me know all the things you did to drain Mom's Love Tank. And then you and I can come up with things to help moms fill Mom's Love Tank up. Yeah, and I love that. Even, um, even you, I remember you telling me, like, just put your hand on his back. I mean, it could be such simple things, you know, like to let them know, like daddy's in charge when he walks through the door and mommy back, like literally backs him up, you know, like, um, so that they know dad's a safe place. Cause if mommy's a safe place, then daddy's a safe place. And I'm kind of sharing parts of the ways, but I love that you're reminding me of that. And I think it's important to give parents goals and kind of what does this look like and then what can we do to work on Mm -hmm. as a family so we can become healthy too right right yeah so So I like that and I um I love that um as our girls have learned attachment then we can then say like it's okay right um, eventually to get hugs so we're not saying don't ever give hugs to other people right thing is um, that it's important to make sure you have that secure base before yep. we send our kids out to to be loved by others. And it can be so simple as, you know, your love tank needs to be filled up by mom first and mom's love tank needs to be filled up by dad or spouse and you first. And until that happens, you know, we have to, we want to go out into the community with a full love tank. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you found this podcast useful to add more tips to your bag scheduled teleconferencing sessions or intensives with me, visit my website, www.fullcirclefamilycounseling.com, where you can schedule sessions, access other podcasts, and additional support resources. Please be sure to sign up for the newsletter to receive parenting tips, access to webinars, and exclusive content. Take a moment to subscribe and rate this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitchers, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. If you have any questions that you would like answered, feel free to email us at tracy at gmail.com. As always, much gratitude to the folks at Love & Logic, Nancy Thomas, Daniel Hughes, and many others for teaching throughout the years on reactive attachment disorder. Until we connect again, remember that you are not alone. Find the humor in the chaos. Stay consistent in your efforts and continue to reach out. I am here healing your heart to heart connection one heart at a time.